Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This week on Parts Per Billion, what the water company can and can't do to prevent another Flint. Welcome to Parts Per Billion, your favorite environmental policy podcast from Bloomberg DNA. I'm your host, David Schultz, and I'm back again with my colleague, Amina Syed. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, so we're back here to talk about the uh, second part of our two-part conversation with George Hawkins. He's the head of the local water utility here in Washington, D.C., D.C. Water. And as you might expect, uh, George has been getting a lot of questions lately about what happened in Flint. And I'm gonna, it must be a really difficult problem for someone like him because uh, it sounds like there's really not much that he can do about it. Water utilities do have a role, but it's, it is limited in the sense that they can replace lead service lines up to a homeowner's property. But beyond that, it is it becomes the homeowner's responsibility. Now, another thing DC Water can do is monitor. They've come up with an app which shows you where the lead service lines are. Just today, while we're doing this interview, we've, we've launched on our website, uh, dcwater.com, a GIS map-based tool that you any resident in the city can look at uh, their address and see the information we have about the lead service line. Information is the first place. Is do our customers know enough information so that they can act if they, if they need to? We've never had anything like on that. Now we have it online. It's really simple and easy. I think it's the sort of thing that almost every utility is going to need to provide to their ratepayers. What information do we have? The challenge that I think we're on the lip up. We have not figured this out yet in D.C., although we're working on it, and a number are, is that there are the, the sensor technology that you could put at a meter or in a home, which could monitor the quality of water in that pipe and relay it potentially to a smartphone and to us at the same time, is right on the edge where it before would have been overly expensive. Now it's getting down to the point where it looks like this would be something we could install. Either would be affordable or it would be relatively inexpensive to install it on someone's behalf. And that would be information. Again, knowledge is power. We're not going to be able to fix all lead issues or any kind of water quality issues all at once. So in the, in the short run, what people need to know is what is the status in my home and then therefore what steps do I need to take until whatever remedy can be put in place. I have another question. Sure. What is the balance of replacing lead service lines quickly while acknowledging public health risks of partial replacement, because this is becoming an issue all across the country. 
What we found, in, at least in the 2000s, most customers did not replace the private side when we did the public side. And that generates what everybody knows is what's called a partial lead service line replacement because you're only done the public side. And those don't work. In fact, they can make the situation, at least in the short run, worse. Mm -hmm. Because while you're doing the construction, you're, everything's vibrating and rattling, and if there's still a lead line going into the home, that can cause more lead. And then that lead that's going through can be trapped in the corrosion and leach out over a period of time. So partial lead service line replacements are not a good idea. We had a program to replace public lead service lines in the 2000s and did tens, well, more than 10,000 of them and offered to do the private side at the same time, but it had to be at the private landowner's cost. And usually only one in five of the private landowners would replace their side when we did the public side. Anecdotally, we heard it cost was the biggest issue, $2,500 to $3,000. For anyone of low income, they don't have that kind of money sitting around for a project like this. Um, so this question of coming back to affordability, the advantage that the sensor world enables us is that's relatively inexpensive um, compared to replacing whole lines, digging up systems. And then the more knowledge you have about where the problems are and how prevalent they are, then whatever money you do have, you can target better. It would be better to get the lead service lines out of the ground, but in some systematic, thoughtful fashion, because it is, does mean digging up all the service lines. Do we do the street and do everything at once where we get the best economies of scale, or do you do them one at a time? Well, if you do lots of them one at a time, it gets very expensive mm -hmm. per line. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking for is to get to a, a point where we will, in fact, do streets at a time, but do full service line replacements. I think that's going to have to be connected with something we haven't figured out yet is some sort of financing mechanism. How can you provide a package that enables everybody on that street to do the work at the same time, rather than picking and choosing who goes and who doesn't, in which case, as we've discovered, many people just choose not to replace the line. So, Amina, if the issue is money, you know, lead pipes aren't being replaced because homeowners and businesses just can't afford it, where should the money come from to, to do this? Well, according to Hawkins, and as you will hear, he said that th that's where the federal government has a role. They can subsidize these low-income homeowners and help them. There's a federal program for assisting homeowners with heating and weatherization bills, and they can have something similar for the water and sewer bills. I'm not looking for the federal government to provide us subsidies for our work. Our ratepayers, having a full cost accounting to our ratepayers allows them to make rational decisions, with one exception, which is low-income customers. We worry the most about customers who have a difficult time paying their bill, not because they don't value it, not because they don't want to, it's just they don't have the funds because they're very poor. And a lot of water utilities don't raise their rates because of concerns of consequence to their poorest customers. So if there's any area that the federal government could be very helpful, not trying to broadly subsidize the whole industry, but a particular area that would enable us to do more is to cover the low-income category, which, by the way, they already do for energy with the low-income heating assistance program. Why not do the same for a low-income water assistance program? It's an essential service, even more so than power. The costs are now just about as high as power, so it deserves the same kind of support. So clearly there are a lot of different ways to go about tackling this really difficult problem. Lansing, uh, Michigan, and I think it was Madison, Wisconsin, mandated that the entire service line had to be replaced, including the private side, so it didn't leave it as an option. That's not something that's true in most cities, and whether or not that should be looked at, 
um, is an option. And the last comment I'll make is the capacity to have a partnership with the private world. I think this notion of using sensors and what data could be collected to be smart about how we do this, that is where the private sector can come in. They have those kinds of technologies and approaches. How to partner with them and make it worth their while mm -hmm. uh, on an issue like this is something that would be well worth exploring. I could imagine not far off a package of three or four steps. It wouldn't be something we'd fix tomorrow, but with treatment, with low-income cover customer covered, with with installment plans of paying it off for other people and then a four to ten year program of we're going to replace them all. We have added as a society and then a decade from now those lead service lines are gone. George Hawkins, general manager of DC Water, speaking with Bloomberg BNA water policy reporter Amina Syed. You can find the latest news on water including ongoing coverage of the Flint crisis at Bloomberg BNA's Daily Environment Report. Start a free trial of Daily Environment Report by visiting bna.com slash daily podcast. That's bna.com slash daily hyphen podcast. Parts for Billion was produced by myself with help from Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. The theme music for Parts for Billion is A Message by Jazar. It was used under a Creative Commons attribution share like license. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.